0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Omar Project. I'm really excited about today's guest, but before we get started, I want to make sure I invite you to join theomarproject.com. That's spelled O-M-A-R, because you can get a lot of great insight on project management, the skills you need to up your game, and also learn from the best project managers in the world on the most complex projects. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we have Danielle Boffman, who is the president of ProShare Services, which provides turnkey project delivery services in engineering, procurement, and construction in the oil and gas, utilities, renewables, and commercial construction industries. ProShare Services is a Pittsburgh-based consulting firm that specializes in strategic planning and innovative solutions for businesses nationwide. Danielle, welcome to the Omar project.
1: Thanks. It's good to be here today.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited to get into a whole bunch of things because this is like this is the space that I was in for a long time. And I'm excited that you are launching this business and that you're kind of in it. And I think our like colleagues, people that are in this industry could learn a lot from you know, the journey that you've been on and then what you're doing, especially in a space that's not normally dominant or owned by women. I think women-owned businesses in this space is rare. So I definitely want to get into that. So, so Danielle, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into ProShare? What led you from being an engineer to then saying, okay, look, it's time for me to start this business, something that you're doing greatly right now?
1: Sure. So I started out my en- engineering career at Pitt. One of my big influences was my mother. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to be growing up, but I knew that I liked chemistry and math. So she worked at a college near our hometown. And one career path she kind of nudged me in was engineering. So from there, I went to Pitt, got my degree in chemical engineering, and I started out in the oil and gas industry. So I worked for Tetra Tech, I did a lot of consulting for many different oil and gas companies around the Pittsburgh area. Uh, It was an exciting time because it was new. And I got to learn a bunch of new skills and I got to work with a bunch of different companies. So I learned a lot. From there, I started at Shell doing facilities engineering. And that's where I learned a lot of my project management skills. And i learned everything, engineering, construction, everything about the business. And so that's kind of how I got into the whole engineering realm. And as I continued on with my career, I decided that I've had a lot of mentors that have helped me grow. And I want to start my own company so that I can help other newer engineers or newer employees in the oil and gas and construction industry and teach some of those learnings that I've learned and also learn from some of the newer employees coming in on the technology side on what we can do to make Mm -hmm. things better.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I have a question about this because um, mentorship is huge. Personally, my experience has been, it's hard to find a good mentor, but when you do, they're like, you don't want to let them go. So could you talk to us a little bit about kind of, you know, you don't have to mention names, but what did these mentors teach you? What did they really show you that you think you would have been very difficult for you to pick up on your own?
1: So I have mentors One thing to keep in mind is that you don't have to have just one mentor. I have mentors in different areas of my life. I work with an environmental manager who is my mentor. I have a facilities manager that's my mentor. So depending on, you know, what skill set I need to understand, I can ask them those questions where maybe I would feel dumb asking in a large group setting or in front of a bunch of people. And just bounce ideas off them like, hey, am I crazy here? Or do you have an idea on a better way on how to approach this issue? So, yeah, it's just, it's been great. Um, I highly recommend getting a mentor.
0: So, for new engineers or people that struggle with getting mentors because they're either maybe they're intimidated, because it's like usually a mentor, you wanna have what, two, three levels above where you're at. Mm-hmm. And somebody maybe not in the same role, so they may not know you. You seem like, maybe it's easy for you to grab mentors or it's something that comes natural to you. So what would you say is the approach that has worked well for you to be like, hey, look, like that awkward conversation, like, would you be my mentor?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to be honest. Sometimes people are like, you know, it just seems easy for you to talk to people. And there's many times where like, I'm terrified, especially when I was at those larger companies, you know, I have these managers that I'm working for. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to ask them to be my mentor because they're so great. And I love the way that they execute their work. But like, it's scary to me. And then you kind of have to just take a step back, flip that thought and be like, you know what, I'm just going to ask. And if they say yes, great. If they say no, it wasn't meant to be. So sometimes you just want to take a step back and just, hey, don't be scared. Just go for it.
0: Awesome advice. I think that probably plays into potentially starting a business. Yeah. (laughs) There's risk there, right? Like, you yeah, you could i mean not all businesses uh, succeed if you look at the stats on businesses there's a reason why more people don't do it and what was the mentality that you have to have getting into doing something as entrepreneurial as starting your own business
1: yeah so i had somebody nudge me that maybe i should start my own business because i really enjoyed the business aspect of the work that i was doing and i told her you know I don't even know what I would do a business in. Like, I have no idea. And she was just like, what do you enjoy? And so I just started from there. I was like, I know that I like project management. I know I like construction. So I'm just going to start there. And I just, instead of going 10 steps forward on, hey, you know, we're going to execute these large multi-million dollar projects that I'm used to. It's like, let's take 10 steps back. And hey, let's make a logo. Let's pick a name. And so every day I just try to do something to further the business. And eventually, you know, it grew to the point where we got our first contract and it's been super exciting. So you just got to kind of take it one step at a time.
0: Awesome. It's a great story of, I think, perseverance and then also just knowing that, hey, you just got to put yourself out there and then things can fall into place as long as you work hard at it and learn from it. What's interesting about you is that. And this is we're going to get into this, and I think this is a really relevant topic right now is that you're a woman and you're leading what is really predominantly like male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. oil and gas number one, which is where <laughs> you were at, construction and engineering. Typically, like when you look at the profiles of people, it's really heavily male-dominated. So for the women that are listening, the the women, the aspiring engineers, maybe women that right now that are in corporate America or that they're engineers currently and they've been working ten years and they're like, I know there's more. Or are they thinking about this, but they're scared? What would you tell them, specifically to the women?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of times where it is scary and you know, you're the only female in the room. But again, I'm going to keep giving the same advice. I take that step back and I say, you know what? It doesn't matter that I'm a female. I have the education and I have the work ethic. I'm going to go in there and just try my best and ask questions and work with whoever's in the room. And a lot of times if you just show up and try your best, it's very well received. And that's kind of how I've always taken on projects and work. I've never gone into something trying to be better than somebody else. I always go in and say, all right, let's do this as a team because we're going to execute a project so much better as a team, as opposed to working against one another. So I think being a woman in that field, we kind of can bring that perspective and different view on a project. And we're able to kind of help bring people together, which is what I think is cool.
0: Cool. Awesome. Every time I get to work with a woman, and I've noticed this, especially in leadership, previously, when they were my boss, I would pick up something different from them. I mean, sometimes their qualities were just... I could see a difference. And like it was awesome to pick that up and be like, hey, how can I be more like that in this area? Let's talk about Pittsburgh because you're you're based out of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, you know, I feel like it's gone through transformation over the last maybe decade, kind of went actually with steel and some of that stuff moving away from Pittsburgh kind of slowed down a little bit. And then now it's getting into software. It sounds like construction's picking up there. How is Pittsburgh right now and why Pittsburgh?
1: I grew up in Evansburg, which is an hour and a half east. And so it's near where my family is. So I enjoy that. I love how Pittsburgh is an affordable city and there's so many up and coming things. So there's always new restaurants. There's, you know, new tech companies coming in. There's just so many people to meet and so many cool projects to work on. So I really enjoy living here and working on kind of helping with the innovation of the city and working on those types of projects, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Cool. It's interesting because, like a lot of what I read on Pittsburgh, I mean, they discovered oil. A lot of the natural resources that were natural gas and stuff started happening what ten years ago, and then the the, the fellow that donated all that money to Penn State what was his name Pagula.
1: Oh, Terry Pagula, yeah.
0: Yes, he had a big company out in Pennsylvania, and with natural gas started early. So there's been a big windfall from natural resources and stuff in, in Pennsylvania, and especially in that Pittsburgh area. And then now with the technology, it just seems like they. Had a lot of good traction from a business standpoint, which is awesome. Uh, Also, a beautiful part of the country, by the way. One of the things I would like to switch to, you know, I talk about project management a lot. One of the key things I like to talk about, and I want to know about your style. Like, do you have a style that you like to work with when it comes to project management? Like, what have you found effective?
1: Yeah. So, from my perspective, the first thing I ever do before I start working on a project, um, especially in oil and gas, is I'll go sit in a control room or I'll just go shadow the operations and maintenance personnel and just go around with them and see what issues they're having with their equipment or, hey, where can we be better on the next project so that this is easier for you to operate? And so I'll start to get some of those thoughts going and hints before I even start a project. So I know some of the key points we want to focus on And implement into the design. So by the time we get to the point where we're constructing the project, we have their comments in. They've gained our trust and they're helping us with the project on anything we need to help it go smoothly so that we can get it up and running for them. And hopefully it will run a lot smoother for them for years to come. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my take is always get your stakeholders input in at the very beginning of the
0: project. Mm, That's so key. I think... Oftentimes, we can fall into like the process of, okay, we're going to do a new project. And then we're going to look at a lessons learned chart or like Excel spreadsheet. And it's going to say, everything that happened that was wrong in the previous one, and we're just going to use this little meeting. And then that's our learnings for the next one. And then, okay. And then what happens to that? Who knows? But like this is taking the, the real action, which is learning from the people on the ground that are actually experiencing it. Because those are the ones that are going to be either they're going to be experiencing the pain of it if it goes wrong, or if you put something in that they don't enjoy, their opinions are super critical. So that's, I think, an awesome way to make sure people appreciate what you're doing. And then, yeah, build those relationships.
1: I find a lot of times that their suggestions that they're making into the project, us as engineers can put numbers to their ideas, and you'll see a large cost savings by what they've been suggesting on how you can improve the project. So it's kind of cool to get their input because it also helps the business.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're super close to it. All right. Let us talk about leadership and maybe the growth there. I also like to talk about leadership. I think it's important. I think it's like a a leadership journey. Like You're always growing. Have there been any things in your career thus far that you've said, or you've experienced and said, wow, I started this here. But then after that experience, I'm like on a level up as far as leadership and my growth?
1: Yeah. So I think it just kind of happened naturally. Like I said, I've had a lot of mentors, I've worked hard, and I just kind of always try to sit back and listen and learn. And so at one point, when I started out my career, I always wanted to make sure I did everything right. And I did what my boss needed. And I wanted to impress my boss And I always still want to do that. But now it's kind of cool because now I get to mentor younger engineers. And instead of me telling them the answer, I'm able to mentor them and ask those leading questions so that they can get thinking on what a manager would need or what they would need to do to help not only from the engineering aspect, but from the business aspect. And so my boss had taught me that years ago, and now I'm kind of able to do it. And I see that transition. And it's pretty cool just to see how he taught me how to do that.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That's key to be able to communicate like that. Let's talk about a startup because I think that's essentially what you're doing. You're probably almost past the startup phase almost, but you're creating a business to start up. What would you say are some key things that Now that you're at where you're at, you've got your first contract, that you would say are, hey, if I were to do this again, I'd probably change this a little bit, or maybe thing that you picked up.
1: Yeah, sure. So one thing, and again, asking mentors that I've learned as I have been doing marketing for our business and everything, at first I went very broad. Our team does have a huge skill set and we've touched every part of the project, but I was going very broad. And I think if I would were to do it again. I would slim down and just focus on one area and hit that one area hard to try to gain traction with clients. So right now, what I'm doing is instead of saying, Hey, we can execute a whole engineering procurement construction type project for your company. I'm just focusing on that procurement part because it's low risk to businesses and it kind of helps gain that trust with clients and makes them feel more comfortable with working with a startup. So it's like, let's start with procurement, see how that goes, iron out some kinks. And then from there, we can build on our relationship and build the work that we
0: execute for you. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. So the example here is basically startups try and niche first before you you try and branch out. Now, I'd love to talk about procurement because it's actually in need of ours. And... Uh, Something that I have quite a bit of experience in. So let's get into that. So what are you offering right now on procurement side? What's ProShare doing there?
1: So right now, what we're offering is, hey, we can do procurement for piping, fittings, valves, matting, construction materials. So anything that you would need on a construction job, we would help companies procure that. And being certified as a woman-owned business, some companies require a certain percentage of spend. What larger companies are doing is they'll have their large tier one contractors with their, you know, these companies have a larger financial backing and they'll give a smaller portion of the scope to tier two contractors or smaller businesses to help out with a part of that project.
0: Gotcha. And then on the tail end, after it lands at their facility. I guess where are the boundaries like putting the order in and it's received at the facility or like, would you be able to do maybe like if we wanted quality inspections or something like that, or is that maybe a future offering?
1: Yeah, that would be more of a future offering. And, you know, it just all depends on the scope of work and how big Mm -hmm. the scope is on what we could handle.
0: Gotcha. All right, Danielle, I want to get back to something that you talked about earlier, which was how you are able to see the project, know that you need to do a little bit of research on it, talk to the operators, talk to some of the people behind it that really know and understand it. So you mentioned that you talked to a lot of the operators. I mean, these guys are busy. I mean, they've got sometimes like 12-hour shifts. So how do you do that? It's not easy. I mean, for people that haven't worked in these manufacturing environments, like these guys are very busy. How do you do that? How do you build these relationships?
1: So I'm going to give you my biggest secret right now. You have to bring food. Anyone that's worked with me knows that I'm going to bring food to the meeting when I need them to help on a project. And it can't be those cheap donuts that you get at the gas station. It needs to be some type of dead animal. You got to bring Chick-fil-A. You have to bring McDonald's breakfast sandwiches, like whatever they want, I bring to the meeting and they help me every time.
0: <laughs> got it. So basically, you are probably having like the most highest attention <laughs> attendance <laughs> meetings ever
1: because <laughs> people
0: know they're like oh that chick-fil-a biscuit? okay oh that's danielle's project cool
1: you'd be surprised how far a chick-fil-a breakfast goes on saving costs on a project in
0: the future what you're saying is accurate because i've experienced it and i've been on projects where i've seen that and it's like the only way sometimes you can get people is like if you have lunch there or something but mm-hmm. I, I do think there's something behind this which is basically you know, people are busy. People have a lot of things on their plate. Like if you can do something and serve them in a way that makes them feel like they're appreciated, they're willing to maybe go out of their way a little bit to help make sure you're, whatever you're trying to do is successful. And I think it's, it's important. So it's an awesome thing you're doing. I think it's great. Probably helps people like recognize you. And then also like it makes you know, everybody happier. So that's good.
1: Yeah. And yeah. one of our core values and, probably the most important one is putting people first. And it kind of goes back to when you're with your family, sitting at home and having a meal. I'm Italian. So every Sunday we had Sunday dinner, we sat down and hung out. And I think that just brings people closer together and it forms those relationships and that trust that, hey, let's work on this together. And I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do my best to make sure that you guys stay safe out there.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's key. It's a it's a good reminder because oftentimes, especially I mean, especially if you're doing a startup, right? Or or whatever, if you start a new business, I mean a lot of leaders listen to this and they're super busy. They their schedule is packed, back to back meetings and stuff. And it's like, how do I get work done and also still value and remind the people that they're important to me and that like we gotta sometimes take a step back and remember that if it's not for the people, we're what? Like we're we're not managing anything, like nothing's getting done, <laughs> nothing happens. Yep. And it's tough because uh, there's a lot of constraints on us. So have you done, is there anything that you helps you kind of refocus on remembering that it's all about the people? I mean, you said it's your vision. It's part of your identity as a company. Do you use any tools or anything that helps you kind of say, okay, I need to remember it's people focused"? So I'll be honest. I struggle with this, especially during stressful times when like, if I have a deadline that I'm like, I know I need to hit this. I go into execution mode, which is just like put my blindfold blinders on. And then I'm like, I have zero time. I have kids. My kids need me. So I feel like everything's pushing at me. So do you have any strategies that maybe you'd like to share with the audience on how you, how you do well at that?
1: Sure. So it all ties together. But whenever I try to help develop projects, I'm keeping people in mind. So when I'm going and visiting with construction crews, operations and maintenance... I'm always trying to put numbers to what they're saying because they're the front line. They want to stay safe. They want to make sure that something doesn't blow up. So anytime if I'm in a crunch and I need a number to help execute that idea up the leadership chain that we need to do it, I'll probably just go out with operations and maintenance and be like, all right, let's try to put some numbers to this on why we want to do this change. And so then we can communicate it up and that, has been very successful for me to help implement some of the changes that have been requested during tight schedules for projects.
0: Awesome. It's great, great bit of feedback or a great bit of learning there for people. And it's good to share these types of things because it's it's helping people. It's helping them get happier at work, more joy. Like It helps everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's touch on a little bit about just leadership, learnings over the years. You've done a lot in your career. You're obviously now pushing on and doing business, which is starting, which is great. Is there anything that you would share with the audience that you feel like, Man, I took this course or I read this book and it really helped me gain so much knowledge in my growth?
1: I think one of the first leadership books I read was Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. And my mentor had given it to me. And honestly, I didn't really read a lot of leadership books back then, but it really gave me a perspective. And that was like one of the first times I realized that sometimes it's a little bit different for women in the workplace, especially in male dominated fields, as it is for others. Not saying it's good or bad, but it kind of just highlighted things that I maybe would have brushed by before and brought to my attention. And it was just kind of cool to like, be able to connect with that book and say, Oh yeah, you know, I've had those thoughts too. I didn't realize I was the only one.
0: Cool. I did like this Hispanic leadership program. And for a long time, I just was like going through some motions and I was like, I feel these things, but I was like, it's just probably just me. And you mm-hmm. sit around a room of other like Hispanic professionals. And then they're like saying the same exact thing, all of them. And you're like, Oh shit. Like, this is like a thing, like for all of us, we're all dealing through this thing. And this is something that we all have to like struggle with through with. And yeah, it's cool to to have that recognition and that perspective. So that's awesome.
1: Lena. Yeah. And I think like throughout my career, again, when I was newer, you might not understand it at first because in school, it was always 50-50 growing up. You know, I always, I never felt different. But then as I started my career out, you know, some of these... Ladies that have been in their careers for 10, 20, 30 years, I could tell they were gravitating toward me, just, hey, everything okay? Just, you know, checking in and giving me advice. And, you know, that was just extremely helpful and great to be able to confide in them and just, you know, help you along if you had any issues.
0: That's awesome. Also, good, a good system there and just to give back. Like once you understand it, you see things you've learned, give back. And it seems yeah. like that's a theme of what you're trying to do with ProShare. So I'd like to let the audience get in contact with you. So before we do that, is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with or have anything you'd like to share with them?
1: Yes. So one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received, I used to be shy and not ever want to speak up in meetings. And I've given this to many of the interns that I've coached in the past and others is when you go into a meeting, if you feel like that, just say one thing. And my mentor was like, I don't care if it's stupid. I don't." He's like, I don't even care if it's anything that deals with the meeting. Just go in and just say one thing to get used to speaking in front of people, speaking your mind. And so that was one of the best pieces of advice I'd ever received because it really helped me get out of my shell and talk in those meetings with the leadership teams and people that were many levels above me.
0: I love that. I love that because it, it can be extremely scary when you're in meetings and like if you're new and you really don't have a full understanding of everything, but it's always about that first step. It's always about like, just take that first, what's the first baby step you can take. And to me, that's, that's such brilliant advice. And I think, I do think it would help so many people to just be like, just say something and you'll realize yeah. like, you're going to be alive tomorrow. Everything will be okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe what you said didn't make sense. Somebody may recognize that you're new, but guess what? Like people already know that. Like, that's the other thing. Like I remember when I was younger, I thought I could hide my like inexperience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like, you do a survey of people, you get feedback from people and it's like, oh yeah, they point it out. They know. Everybody knows. It's very transparent in the workforce, kind of what you're good at and what you're not. And the only people we're fooling is ourselves. You might as well just be honest and own it and just say something. And what's the worst that's going to happen? All right, Danielle, it was awesome having you here. I'd like to live a way for people to get in contact with you or if they wanted to contact you for procurement services or what you have down the line in your future offerings, how can they best reach you?
1: You can reach me at our website at ProShareServices.com and schedule a free consultation with our team. Or you can just message me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Again, Danielle Boffman. You can find me on any platform.
0: And we'll add her Twitter handles and all her social handles and the website to the show notes. Danielle, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for joining us here and we will see you next week.
1: All right. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to hear more, you can join us at theomarproject.com. That's O-M-A-R. We have a lot more information on project management, technical skills, on the leadership, and also you can hear from more of the top experts in the field.